When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast, it's the only opinion on the Calgary Flames that matters when you're at work inside a tractor cabin on a ranch in Viking, Alberta. It's Sportsnet 960's Flame Insider and Flames radio color analyst, Peter Labardius. Peter, how you doing? I am uh, awesome. Awesome, Justin. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. So famously now, Daryl Sutter, the rehired Calgary Flames head coach, uh, said that he wouldn't have to hear from you while he's feeding the cows in his introductory press conference now that he's back in the game. So what did Daryl Sutter hear in that tractor cabin that made him want to leave that tractor cabin? Um, from a negative perspective, um, I, I, listen, I, I've thought about it a lot. And Justin, all I would say is this. Um, I've known Daryl for a long time and have had a lot of conversations and connections with the family. Uh, my guess is there's things that he hears a lot of days at noon that he might not be on board with. But the best takeaway for me is I don't think Daryl will spend a lot of time listening to anybody that there might not be at least a little something worthwhile. So I'm going to I'm going to hang my hat on that was a good thing <laughs> and not a bad thing, even though I'm not really sure I know one way or another. Uh, it's always good to be heard. Uh, we're going to break down Sutter's return um, in length, but this story starts long before Sutter was back in the picture. Uh, we could go as far as back as Bill Peters, as far back as Glenn Gullitson, uh, but I think the here and now and what's important for right now begins with Jeff Ward. So Jeff Ward took over for Bill Peters on an interim basis in November of last season, converted to the full real deal role after 52 games split between the regular season and playoffs in what was a pandemic-shortened season. And there was a lot of optimism. So what changed in terms of confidence in Ward over the last few weeks and months? Well, it's it's a great question. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. And Justin, I make no bones about it. Um, been in the business, as you know, for a long time. And I am a coach's guy. I really am. Um, I, I've prided myself on learning darn near everything I do about this game. At least I hope a few things. And so much of that has come from whether it was the first coach I ever dealt with, who was Jerry James back in the Saskatchewan Junior League in the mid-1980s, or Jeff. Um, I've always felt, Justin, that, you know, no matter if it's in a relationship of any kind, that there has to probably be complete and utter buy-in from everybody and when things don't go as planned especially in a covid year well what do we know we know that when expectations get to here and it doesn't settle out to where you want and you can't make trades but the overriding situation with the calgary flames is this in hockey i think this general manager truly understands all of it and my assessment is this i think he's trying to, in a sense, Justin, build a new core underneath the core that presently exists. And right. finding where that meets and potentially even who to give the new car keys to to lead the way, not taking anything away from Giordano or Backland or any of those guys. But I think this team is at a bit of a crossroads. And the other part is for me, I think what's been difficult for this team is it's still hard, whether it's publicly people who view this team did not think about that first place in the West finishing Calgary Flames. 
But the fact mm -hmm. of the matter is a lot has happened. And I individually assess everything kind of from this place. You can do whatever you want in a regular season, and that's fine. And you have to get to the playoffs to be a part of them. But I assess when it's hard. And I think we're just at a certain point in time with this core and some of this team's key pieces that I think now more than ever, and with Daryl Sutter coming on board, well, it's time to decide. It's time to decide. So you mentioned building one core behind the existing core or the, the core that has been around for longer uh, and, and to which this team was built around. Is Ward's failure then his inability to bridge from core to core? Uh, if there is indeed a second sort of uh, building block piece or group to build around that is coming I don't up? really lay this in a ton of ways at Jeff's feet. I really don't. Mm. Now, is there disconnect, Justin? For sure. There's disconnect, whether it's with some of the players, part of the players. But here's how I look at it, too. So... You think about the position Jeff and the organization and the team was in after Bill Peters. Well, yeah. I think with Jeff partly at the helm, with Brad on board, this team navigated its way through about as difficult a place as you could. They got to the summer. I think Jeff really started to change the way in terms of they want to play they wanted to be harder to play against i saw that in both you know the winnipeg win and the dallas loss mm -hmm. but so you take some steps and a coach who helps you take that step well now you get off to a tough start but you tell me here's where i look at things all the time where is when things don't go the right way where are the constants well the constants are in many, not all, not all, but I think some key pieces of that core group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, is the coach, is any leader, was it Jeff's job to find a way to get more? But at a certain point, and I think we're here now, and I think Daryl, in his own way, is the right guy, has the right resume, has the right buy-in. Well, that group now is under a microscope and there's like there's nowhere else to go so we're gonna find out we're gonna find out do, do you think that jeff ward deserved more time <sighs> let me answer it this way you can only assess the time that we're in yes yes in some ways absolutely do i think jeff um deserves some more time. I think he did some good things, but you know, as he actually even said to me in one of our last conversations, hockey, great game can be a crappy business. And, um, I, I, Justin, I see the results. I won't ever criticize Jeff. I, I won't. And here's why. And, um, whether it's ownership to the GM, GM to the coach, understand this. I'm in a really difficult position because when you do what I do, you have to, in many ways, kind of walk the line to try and understand it, assess it, and you get to know the people. Well, Jeff Ward, even for me, um, I will be thankful to Jeff for a long time because I would put him in a group of four or five coaches over those 35, 36 years that personally made a difference in my job, helped mm -hmm. me look at things different, helped me approach even how I look at life. I think he made me better. He challenged me to think my own job and my own assessment and invested in me. So I'm, I'm not, Jeff's a good man. He's a really good man. But as I've found out, even in my own career, you know, we can be good at what we do. And, you know, at a certain point in time, if the fit and what you bring to the table just doesn't necessarily maybe get all the buy-in that you need in a non-forgiving world where, you know, let's be honest, in COVID times, you tell, I'll ask you this, Justin. 
Mm-hmm. You, you have you have an incredible insight and incredible experience and incredible guidance. I've never seen our world as hot, as heavy, and requiring a pound of flesh. It's hard for people to invest right now. It is. No, uh, I completely agree. Uh, and unfortunately, as we've seen with Ward, I mean, he can have this very beneficial and influence on people, but if it just doesn't result in wins and results in more losses than wins, then unfortunately the ax falls on him. Um, looking more big picture, I guess by using the last two games, I mean, the last two games we saw a blown third period lead in Edmonton, and then they fell behind early and lose in a shootout to the Ottawa senators. Um, can you explain how those two games are more reflective of the larger season-long issues that have plagued this team uh, when it you know, it was two games that were not coached by Jeff Ward and not coached by Daryl Sutter yet, um, but cer- certainly things can be gleaned from those last two games that might reflect uh, what's been going on all season long? Just an awesome question, and I said it on my noon hit today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I think in many ways the last – two games have been a microcosm of the season. And what I mean by that is, so you have a really emotional response in a big game against an Edmonton team that had also had their lunch fed to them by the Toronto Maple Leafs, kind of Mm -hmm. the standard of the Northern Division to the tune of 13 to one. So what do the Flames do? Well, they played a hard, competitive, uh, physical high investment game now for the first period that's a period you'd want to put on the table dave tippett makes an adjustment he puts the big guys together and in the back half of the game the best way in my opinion to deal with the edmonton oilers even more so when those two guys come at you you got to understand that a they're going to ride them for 25 minutes you're going to see them every second shift But the best way to deal with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl is you have to make them defend you at least a a decent chunk of the time. That's what the Toronto Maple Leafs did. That's where the Toronto Maple Leafs are. Their best people are as committed right now, in my estimation, without it as they are with it. And so for the Flames, you know, some of their best people in that game, whether it's Gaudreau, who's kind of your offensive driver, even in better matchups away from those two guys, collectively and individually, you've got to generate enough the other way. They did a great job in the first, but in the back half, that didn't happen. So then let's fast forward to Sunday against Ottawa. Okay, back to back. But it's the Senators. And again, you don't get to your game. You don't get to what the coaches are talking about until the third period when it is desperate and in a sense your season even to me against ottawa and that's unfair because ottawa is a way better group than people give them credit and they're getting better and they're gonna get better and they're gonna they i said before the year started justin i felt that there would be one team in the north that would miss the playoffs based on the fact that they didn't deal well enough with the ottawa senators and who knows Right now, today, I know what team that looks like it might be, and that's not discrediting them. So, you know, you don't get to where you want to be with the urgency, the understanding, and in a sense, the awareness of your situation until you're down 3-1 and have kind of not answered the bell in the first two periods. So I know long-winded, but it was. The weekend for me was a microcosm in a lot of ways of this group and in a sense the key guys on your group i mean if you look at the two games it, it looks like they lost two games in completely different ways against two completely different teams um but it, it all comes back to inconsistency it seems like it uh, if you want to use one word so has it that is. just been the single biggest issue yes. and the only real issue on an, yes. from an honest yeah. perspective from this team yeah emotional engagement awareness And, you know, there's been a lot of people that know more than I do, obviously, about tactical things in the game. But, Justin, my assessment is this. So, if it's it's all about tactics, and we know it's never all about tactics, to me, it's about if you can go out one night, 
regardless of the opponent and put a really good game on the table. And then the next night, you don't look like the same group. Is that about tactics and how you're supposed to play? Or is that about execution? I thought the general manager, Brad Treleving, summed it up beautifully on Friday. And what he talked about is, you know, you're not always going to have your A game or your A-plus game. But this team all year long, all you have to do is, and you just pointed to it, it has gone too many nights from B-plus or A or A-minus to D or E. Mm. And it can happen on back-to-back nights. That's, that's kind of where it's at. So ultimately, uh, Jeff Ward takes the blame for this, or at, at least he f- the axe falls on him. Uh, and I assume, uh, if he assumes rather, that the largest percentage of blame for the fact that the Flames are outside of a playoff spot right now or to this point, uh, who or what commands the next largest share? Is it the Flames players or is it the Flames management? Well, I, I think honestly, you know, I think it starts with the Flames core group. Mm-hmm. I really do. That's, so that's who are... Who are the culprits then? Well, again, I, I, I can't. Thanks for asking the great question. I'm just, I'm not in a position and I'm not, I'm not going to like single people out, mm-hmm. but I can go to the point where, you know, now your core group, everybody is under the microscope and Daryl Sutter is going to come in and he's going to decide And I think the fact that the organization has said, we believe this isn't an interim situation. You've got two and a half years. I think he'll he'll be completely supported. He knows what he's getting into. I've known this guy for like, he's not coming. He talked the other day about unfinished business. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm I'm not one of those people. I don't want to play the blame game. And it's not, I'm afraid. I just... I'm not going to do it because I believe in, okay, I think everybody has a role to play in why it's gotten to this point, why some of the patterns have repeated themselves, whether it's the core group, changes of coaches, and I don't know all the inner workings. I just know this. In any good situation, Justin, until everybody is completely buying in right from the very top, and things happen, i.e. Bill Peters, i.e. COVID, i.e. under, you know, underperforming. I, I, I'm, I'm a guy who it's more about how do you solve this going forward rather than I don't want to play the blame game because there's lots of it to go around. And it doesn't fall to me. It's not just about Jeff who paid a price. It's, it's probably everybody now to assess, understand who their people are, how you got to this point, and now with Daryl, how do you make it better? So the issues are omnipresent then. Uh, and obviously, this is probably why the coaching change happened, because a reset is probably needed. I mean, they, I think mm-hmm. if you're not going to identify exactly where the issues are, and if, you know, that, that's probably something that management is is not wanting to do as well. I mean, uh, there's probably a lot of conversations going on and, and a lot of things that have to be addressed. But to get to the bottom of things, you kind of have to press reset again. And then everyone has to prove themselves again. They have to earn respect again. They have to earn their responsibilities again when a new coach comes in. So is that really the idea here? I I do, but I just think it's larger. I think it's larger. And that's why I talked earlier, and I truly believe in it, about, um, you know, you build your team and you believe in a group that you build. And then don't you think, I'll ask you, don't you think at a certain point in time, the hardest part is when we invest and we invest in people and we give them a certain amount of time, we want to do the best in any situation to support those people, to give them, you know, to to get Jacob Markstrom, to get Chris Tanev. But at a certain point in time, like I said, That's what makes this business so difficult because Mm -hmm. you're always trying to make your team better. You're trying to pull it all together. But when do you kind and you can't just go, okay, you know what? Well, it's this guy on the core and this guy on the core. So even if you believe there's four of those guys that are very responsible, I can't take them with the bathwater and toss them. 
What I have to do, like you said, is, is have enough of a reset, understand, as Brad said, um, Daryl is talking about, that now everybody from ownership down has a responsibility to say, everybody's under the microscope, we have a reset, we feel great about the guy who we're resetting with, and now, if you're a core group, if you're one of the leaders, if you're one of the new guys, sorry, if, if you wanted to be under a microscope, well, you're, you're going to be under a microscope. And the guy, the guy looking down it, he knows what he's looking for. And that's not to suggest that other people haven't, because I've gotten to know all of them, all the coaches here, and, and well. And, mm -hmm. and, and I saw value in every single one of those people, even though they were different. So, right. you know, who, what's the constant here? What's the constant? Well, I, I think the constant, and not to throw shade or throw anyone to the bus, but the constant is Brad Tree Living, if we're talking about all those coaches. So, uh, and I don't want to play the blame game. I don't want to ask you to throw anyone under the bus, but we are now on to a fifth head coach for Tree Living. He's hired four of them. One left due to circumstances that were unrelated to performance. Um, I don't, I don't want to ask you if this is the last bullet, but I, I do want to ask you about the perception of Tree Living right now in the market. Uh, and how he's looked at right now, given that we are on to a fifth coach uh, and we have a, a roster that is unperforming or not meeting standards. Justin, there are times when it's the right time to assess. And I think there's times when you have to do the hard things. And I think he just did something that was really, really difficult. Um mm -hmm. And I think a big part of everything that's happened is. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm sure he's very disappointed not only having to make a coaching change, but I think if you asked him and he could... He's disappointed in members of his team. I don't think there's any question about it. But his job with we don't know what's coming from up top is we're underachieving. He expects more. He expects more of himself. He's the first guy. It's one of the reasons that I've always had a ton of respect for him. But now it is. It's this organization with this core group is at a bit of a crossroads. And you know what I love about it? Sometimes it takes getting to a spot where you have no choice but to do... Dear friends of mine who have made the biggest difference in my life, especially the last couple of years, and I think it's hard for all of us because we don't like change. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do things that hurt other people's feelings. But to get different in anything... We have to do different and be committed to different. And again, that's that's high level. That's philosophical. I can tell today by your questioning. Um, that's probably not always what you're interested in. No, no, but that's but that's truly how I feel about it. That it does have to be consensus thinking. It does have to now be. You have to define exactly who and what you want to be. And those things are really difficult 
um, when hard decisions have to be made. Well, and I think it's 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 difficult to criticize Trey Living because he had objectively a good offseason. I mean, we, if this team was missing one right. thing for many years, it was the presence of an elite goaltender, and he went out and got an elite right. goaltender for a really good price. Uh, so if there is a hot seat, it it does seem unjustifiable slightly to me, even though there are there are some uh, I don't want to even want to call them red flags. But normally we don't see a general manager get to bring in his guy and then the next guy, and then the next guy, and then the next guy. Well, and, and, and I think I think part of it is, too, um, you know, we don't know. We don't know everything that goes on. I know I don't. Right. I, I know. I, 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 here's what I do know. Um, as you can tell by today's interview and anybody who has spent time with me or knows me, I have some very, very strong opinions and I'm have a big personality and I always have. And that in many ways is my greatest strength. And it's also been my greatest weakness. Um, but like I said, what you continue to learn is, you know, difficult situations can can either bring people together and get us to ask and assess the really hard stuff, but that's difficult to do sometimes when we, sometimes we have to move on from people, even in our own lives, that we really like and we mm-hmm. respect and we care about and we have a bond. That's why those people are in those positions. And you know, that's why I get upset because in many ways, you know, it, it can be easy to, you know, sit there and, and, you know, deal with the low hanging fruit. I just want to be somebody who doesn't lay blame, but tries to understand. And now how do you look at it from everybody's perspective at a time when, like I said, Justin, I've never seen the world hotter than it is right now. I haven't. Mm-hmm. People want a pound of flesh. They're mad. Like even even in my own marketplace, I feel and and, and I'm not a big social media guy because I care. I like my heart will hurt. So I have to find a real balance between what and and I say this to even the guys I work with with social media, which by the way plays a pretty big work piece in even every decision in sports that gets made. Mm-hmm. Um, is on social media, if you're going to go looking for the good stuff, you better be prepared for the bad stuff. But that's hard. And and in the last 10 years, that has become the forum that even in my business decides, well, if you have enough followers, then maybe you're more valuable. Mm. You said uh, everyone wants a pound of flesh. Uh, Daryl Sutter might want a pound of flesh when he comes in and starts taking over this team. Now, I want to talk. Uh, we'll put the true living stuff and, and the players behind us and focus on what's going to happen here in the future with Daryl Sutter at the helm for the remainder of the season and, and a couple seasons, we think, uh, beyond that. Uh, one thing that struck me when Trill Living was talking about the move was that he said it wasn't a structure issue, wasn't a systems issue. It was a maximizing performance issue. So how does Daryl Sutter maximize performance? Well, Daryl will go in already having watched the team as an all-in guy on hockey, and he will have no trouble... He has all kinds of people, whether it's Marty Jelena... Craig Conroy, you know, the ownership group. Let's let's start right there. Mm-hmm. The ownership group, I think, said with this move, this is our guy. This is our guy. I don't know, I don't know the back the background. I really don't. I'd tell you if I did. But my guess is when a lot of this stuff, and Brad alluded to it, I think this wasn't the first time some of these conversations have happened. Right. I, I don't. Now, I don't know, because I don't know, and I'm not trying to pretend to know, but what I do know is the end result says when the ownership group has to let somebody go and makes a three-year commitment to somebody, they're buying. Mm -hmm. The general manager, I think, is absolutely buying and feels like 
with this team, with this core, where they're trying to get. So you go out and you get a two-time Stanley Cup champion, talks about unfinished business. Daryl's been a great coach. Like, make no bones about it. He has been mm-hmm. a great coach. And um, as you may or may not have heard, um, after we started today with the tractor story, I, I asked him one question. And I talked about family and core values. And he kind of stopped me and he said, one thing about me, Peter, is I know people. And I truly believe as a coach, and I'm a big fan of coaches, as you can tell on this show, um, I think for Daryl, it is clear for him. And what he doesn't get enough credit for is, does he have a standard? Yes. Does he make people accountable? You're darn right. Does he define each and every role for everybody and hold them to that standard? Yes. Is he going to be for everybody in that dressing room? No way. But what he, I truly believe, will do, because every hockey guy I've talked to about this and that I've dealt with just in my whole life has said this, and I believe it. You need, when you come into a situation, A, you need to have the kind of support around you for all of us to get to where you want to go. But every hockey coach and every GM has always said this to me. Until your most talented and best people play the game the right way and do it on a consistent basis, you're probably not going to get to where you want to go. So Mm -hmm. I think one of what Daryl will do, look at what happened in L.A., okay? So he goes in there. What did he establish? Well, were uh, were they the hardest team to play against? Unbelievably so. Were they the most talented from top to bottom? They squeezed the life out of you. Mm-hmm. Every time Calgary would go in there or they'd come to Calgary, I'm like, you're going to have to earn absolutely everything because you're not going to break. They're going to break you. And that comes from accountability. And when I think about the LA Kings, you know, whether, whether it was Justin Williams, whether it's Dustin Brown, whether it's Andre Kopitar, but I think in many ways the LA Kings – really took a lot of cues from one guy, Drew Doughty. I think Drew Doughty was assessed as an all-in guy. We saw what he did at the 2010 Winter Olympics as a 20-year-old. Whether you like him, dislike him, and I've known him since 2007, this guy is all-in on hockey, and in the biggest of moments, who could ever argue with his execution? And even reading about Daryl and Drew's relationship with him, Drew said last week, this guy was as hard on me as anybody. Could be sarcastic. But I think that's that's what is hard about 2021, is if you don't demand the most out of your best people, I'm not sure you get to where you want to go. And in this day and age, I, I, had a, I had a junior coach tell me this summer that as a coaching fraternity, we have to get better at asking more from our best people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Daryl Sutter, whether it was Jerome Aginla back in the Calgary days, whether it was Doughty Brown, Kopitar, under, when he said to me, I get people, he gets people. And, and until you're all in on people, invest in people, set the parameters for people and make them accountable, to me, those are the four kind of key things about leadership. And it can be done a lot of different ways. Uh, the Los Angeles comparison is an important one, and I'm glad that you brought up Drew Doughty and Anjay Kopitar and Dustin Brown, and you didn't mention Jonathan Quick, but Jonathan Quick was obviously oh, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. No, very, no very important. Question. Um, 
so the question is then do does he have the same ingredients in calgary that he he used to have great success in los angeles right now i think he i think he has a nice blueprint i think Mm -hmm. he has a jonathan quick type in jacob markstrom um i don't think at this point in time he has a drew doughty on the back end but in people like rasmus anderson who can be nasty and has some bite and can make some plays um and i think is going to emerge as one of the leaders uh, it's going to take some time i think he's got a good thing going on there he's mm-hmm. got yuso valimaki who i think justin in a couple of years and chris tanev you want to talk about glue you look at vancouver and wonder why well we know quinn hughes can produce you don't think quinn hughes doesn't miss chris tanev that's a guy that glues that whole group together. So uh, Daryl even said it, likes his goaltender, likes his defense, which I think is going to get better. And he has some strength down the middle. And even in Elias Lindholm, I see a lot of traits between two guys, Patrice Bergeron mm-hmm. and Andre Kopitar. Is he, is he ever going to put up 92 points like Kopitar did? No, but every coach I talk about, whether it was Jeff, Bill Peters, Rod Brindamore says, when you're showing video to your team of a guy who does it the right way, they go straight to Elias Lindholm. So I I think, I'm not saying he has maybe some of the upside as those guys, but he did score 29 last year. Mm -hmm. So that's a good piece. Um, you know, Matthew Kachuk. I think Matthew Kachuk is at a point where I think in many ways he's crying out to have the keys. I see, It's funny. Um, I talked about Doughty. Those two guys can't stand one another, Kachuk <laughs> and Doughty. But I know yeah. why they can't stand one another. And by the look on your face, so do you. I think in many ways those guys are like two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. Two peas in a pod. They're unbelievably competitive. They want to win. And they challenge one another like crazy. So, so go ahead. I was just I was just gonna say, I mean, so I mean there's a lot of focus on Sam Bennett, but I, I want I'm most interested in Kachuk when we're talking about Sutter coming in. What what sort of effect do you think Sutter will have on him? Huge. Huge. I, I think he will. And I think the thing about Matthew, who through all my years is an all hockey guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, this guy is no fool by any stretch of the imagination. And in some ways he's way ahead of his years because of his dad and growing up in a hockey. This guy has been about hockey his whole life. Now the next step for Matthew is even finding his way as a leader and taking all that great knowledge and all that great energy and great game. And now I think they're going to be in a position with him, Justin, I think in the next couple of years, because I see him potentially under Daryl as the next guy that you give the keys to the car to. I really do. I think he's got the makeup. Um, I'm not saying that he necessarily has Drew Doughty's game at his highest level, but with the right people around him and the right support, that's an all-in guy. But again, in in this day and age, you know, that's the other hard part where I look at sports is, well, immediately our best players are supposed to be our best players and our leaders and glue it all together. Well, don't we want a lot really fast? And just because you're a really good player and have really good intentions, does that mean you're ready to tie it all together and, and reach other people? But I, I could absolutely, if Matthew Kachuk, if Daryl Sutter identifies and probably already has that kind of hit, this is his guy, mm-hmm. I, that could be a marriage made in heaven. 
so the North division is, at least at the start of the season, it was defined by all this immense talent. And I think we've seen a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs have more success because they've, you know, stuck to a really disciplined team defensive model. Uh, I think the Edmonton Oilers have turned things around a little bit by being a better defensive team. Um, but it still is about high-end talent in the North Division or the All-Canadian Division in particular. So is Daryl Sutter the right guy to be a foil to all of that? Is is that part of the of yes. the reasoning by bringing him in as well? Yeah. Because, because if I don't have some of the high-end parts that other people have and other teams have, then what becomes more important? Our identity as a team and playing like a team. So that to me is Calgary's calling card at this point as they continue to learn and grow with some of their young people, kind of establish, like I said, the theme of this show has been building the core under the core, marrying Mm -hmm. it together, taking the best out of that to help your young people and and going forward. And and the other great thing that Daryl has is, you know, even in a guy like Ron Sutter, who's part of the Flames player development, a big piece of that, well, again, Daryl's not coming if he doesn't not only see a blueprint with good pieces, but... I'm sure he's had lots of conversations with his brother to say, hey, what do you think about this Adam Ruzichka? And and what do you think about, you know, guys in their pipeline right now in terms of when I'm trying to build this over the next two or three years, do we have some good pieces there to go with the good pieces that we have here to support? The future outlook might be uh, looking more likely to have success, I guess, based on the fact that the Calgary Flames are a little bit behind in this division this season, and it's rapidly reaching its halfway mark. Um, But the move was made because there's still hope for this season. So does Sutter have enough time to right this ship, in your opinion? I think it's a combo plate. I really do. Um, I, I think this is a situation where, yes, as much as you want to get to a better place this season... I think it's even more important to assess and try to build a championship team. What can get lost, I think, and trust me, I, Justin, I have never understood more in my life how difficult it is to win. Never. People think it's easy. Not even close. And, and there are very few Tampas of the world you know, St. Louis, Boston, because to me, that's what real success is. Even if the Tampa Bay Lightning didn't win the Stanley Cup, to me, what mm-hmm. an elite team is, is not not a team that catches lightning in a bottle and has a great playoff run. It's when you keep knock, knock, knocking on that door on a regular basis, and then you tinker and, you know, the, move, the moves with Coleman and, you know, Gaudreau and they went out and got Maroon. It's it's about building the right foundation and then adding. So I think the Flames have some real great pieces. So as much for me personally, and what does anybody really care what I think? Um, it's it's about understanding who your true core is, who you're gonna define as your leaders, and then really create that foundation for a championship model hopefully you find a way to get back in but even if you don't and I say this about a lot of things nobody likes hard we're not always prepared for hard but sometimes we have to get to hard places and if you learn from hard it can actually be better even if it sucks when you're going through it do you have any expectations for the trade deadline? Ooh, great question. And you've asked a ton of them. Um, <laughs> I've loved this. So thank you. Uh, it's just, it's so difficult. It's, it's, it's so difficult, but I would say this, if, if there is another potential new core piece or two, I'd probably, especially by the deadline, 
you're going to have a better idea, I think, whether it's okay to wait 14 days or not wait 14 days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brad Treleving, and, and, and I'm a big proponent and a big fan um, because I like how collaborative he is. He works his tail off. He cares about people. Um, but even for him, I think right now, this team's kind of stuck. But if you really find somebody that you think is going to fit what you want, what Daryl wants, what your team wants going forward, I want to win a championship. They want to win a championship. I'm not sure I'm going to let sneaking into the four spot take away from, from doing that. But guess what? What's this whole conversation been about? In many ways, it's been about today, trying mm-hmm. to fix today, but still with an eye on tomorrow. And I don't think, Justin, those things have to be exclusive. I think it is a combo plate, and I think you can get both done. Uh, I, I like the term combo plate. I think that's uh, a perfect way to sort of uh, address or uh, analyze the situation with Daryl Sutter coming in for the short term and the long term. That's it. That's all I have for uh, questions on the Calgary Flames. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Walter Gretzky. I assume you've been asked uh, this week on your radio appearances uh, and you've probably told the Walter Gretzky stories that you may or may not have. Um, but if you want to share a run-in, an encounter, a memory from Walter Gretzky, uh, uh, that would be great on this platform as well. Well, you just you just gave me goosebumps. Um, and I've been thinking about him a lot. And, and, and here's a story. So the first time I had a chance to meet Walter was in 1996. So a buddy of mine and I, uh, we went to games two and three of the World Cup final in Montreal. So my buddy and I, we pull up to the hotel and there's Bob Cole and Wayne Gretzky are outside. And we didn't even know this. Kelly, my buddy Kelly and I didn't know this, but a friend of mine, a travel agent, she ended up putting us up at the Marriott across from the Bell Center where both teams were staying. So we walk into the lobby to check in and like, you know, I mean, I'm 1996. So I'm whatever, I'm 30 years old at that point. Um, and I'm blown away. Like, I am like, what are we doing here? So there's Walter <laughs> in the lounge, and he is holding court. He's saying hello to everybody, whether you're his son. And at one point, you know, Kelly and I both went over, and it's, Hey, how are you guys? What are you here for? And we're, we're, we said we're here for the final two games. Hopefully at that point, just one game, because Canada was up one game to nothing when we arrived. And I just, Justin, I was just blown away by how he had time for everyone. He didn't discount anyone. He just, he loved people. He loved investing. And whether it was that time or being around him in five or six other situations, he didn't care who you were. He didn't seem to care whether you were, you know, the biggest star or somebody who just wanted to learn something about hockey. He cared about people. He loved people. He wanted to learn and connect with people. And for that, like many others, that's what stuck starting that day in Montreal at the Marriott beside the Bell Center. Awesome story, Peter. Uh, I appreciate the fire. I appreciate the opinions. I appreciate uh, your honesty when it comes to the Flames uh, situation right now. They're going to be you know, an incredible uh, story to watch over the next few weeks and certainly months. And uh, maybe when things uh, get sorted out a little bit more and we have a little bit more to dig into, uh, I can have you back on the podcast. For you, my friend, for anyone with that last name, um, I am 100% on board. And, and, and can I just say this, if you don't mind, um, y- your dad, pretty influential guy, pretty influential guy. That's it. No, 
No, <laughs> no I, I'm not. I'm not asking for more. I'm just uh, just making sure. Um, I mean, a, a, a common theme with this podcast is his head just swelling more and more because people okay. want to talk about him. So, okay. uh, I, but I, I'll I've give always, you the opportunity. I, I've always wanted to say this about Chris. Okay. Okay. Your dad, and not just because you're his son. So I got to be teammates with your dad for three weeks at the Winter Olympic Games in 2010 in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that your dad is everything about this business that I believe in. He's about the work. He's about the passion. He calls great games because he's an all-in guy. And I'll never forget, and, and I talked to him before, obviously our paths had traveled, but I remember him and I at the first practice, and I think it was Norway, and there's mm-hmm. your dad down at the glass, you know, looking at all the different Norwegian players. And we sat there and we talked all day. And I'm like, I had massive admiration for this man to begin with. But when I saw the work, how he invested in other people, what a great teammate he was, what an honor and a pleasure it was the greatest thing that i've ever had a chance to do was as as a lover of international sport was to call the olympic games but you know what number two was getting to know your dad well uh he's gonna have to get to the end of this podcast to uh to hear the praise that he heaped on him uh but i appreciate that i appreciate the kind words always even if it makes me a little bit uncomfortable to hear all about that but uh uh i do appreciate it and, don't and get i very often if there is to do it so no, i wanted to do it no i appreciate that and if there is something i got from him i think hard work is one of them and one of the more important ones so i i do thank him for that and i thank you for being uh, on the program today. We appreciate all the insight that we got from you and some of the compliments as well. Justin, anytime. Thanks so much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.